I want you to, uh, I want you to imagine with me, what if you were there? What if you were there in the upper room? Ah, that's what I, that's what I was looking for. Okay, let's try that again. I want you to really get your, imagi- your imaginator on. Okay? Really get it on, put it on, keep it on. I want you to think with me. Try to go there. What if you were there in the upper room? Now, I thank you, Michael's there. Uh, I read from it to open the service. Let me read it again. Let's try it again. It didn't take very long. It takes longer to turn with giant print. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly... There came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. What if you were there? Can you go there in your hearts and your minds and your imaginations right now? Can you go there? What if you were there in that upper room? What if you were those? I know that uh, people like to say, uh, let's just do this. This will be fun. People like to say that there were 120 there in that room. I don't know about that uh, because there was 120 in the business meeting, but Fewer people come to the prayer meeting than the business meeting. <clears throat> no, read the Bible. It's right there. There was 120 in the business meeting. <clears throat> I don't know how many were there, but uh, we can believe God. Maybe they were hungry, but they were there. Plus, they'd been praying for 10 days, <laughs> and you never know. Maybe about day eight, somebody said, I'm out. <sighs> Nothing much is going to happen here. My expectometer has been turned off. I'm going to go home and have brisket. Jewish joke. <clears throat> but that being said, what if you were there? Imagine the hunger. Those, those people had been there, had been, had been waiting, not waiting around, but waiting in the biblical sense. It, that word is like a, it means like it's a, it's a, a cord that was it's twisted. It's to, it means to twist and to pull on something. They, were, they had been waiting, a, a, like in the, according to the command of their Lord, they'd been waiting, they'd been hungry. They're, they had, as we have taught, informed expectations. They knew something of what they were waiting for. They knew about this comforter. They knew about this parakletos. They knew that someone was coming who would be unto them just like the one they had seen leave. They knew that his coming would be, would be sanctifying, would be empowering, would be teaching. They knew something about his coming would enable them to actually do the works of Jesus and then some. They had, been, they had heard all of these things. And they spent days longing and waiting, perhaps taking breaks and having fellowship meals together, but they were waiting and worshiping, perhaps reciting psalms and meditating, perhaps reminding one another of the words of Jesus, but they waited. And then on the day of Pentecost, I don't know what time, except for that it was, it was still fairly early. I don't know if they started a, a morning prayer, but it was about, about round about nine o'clock. Maybe we should have church at 9. But round about 9 o'clock, something happened in that room. I, I want you to stay in that room. Say, you've been, uh, you, they, they, these people are, are physically weary. Probably they've been praying and waiting upon the Lord. But then something began to happen, something that had never happened before. They, began, they heard a sound. There was a, a sound. And nobody, nobody was saying, hey, did you hear that? I think I heard something. They didn't have to pretend they heard something. And and, and, and broadcasted and say, and it, there, was no, there was no question about it. They all heard this, this sound, and it wasn't a sweet little tingling 
tingling sound. It was a, what sounded like a, the rushing of something violent. There was a, a violent wind coming. Not a, not a wind that would destroy, but it certainly wasn't a gentle, sweet breeze blowing. Something was coming from heaven. And then, and then they saw, they saw in the room, they beheld this glorious cloud, this cloud of glory that filled the room. And then, in that, and then that cloud separated itself and then distributed itself upon each one of them. What if you were there? What if you were there? What if you were there? Come on, lean into it. How would you feel? How would you feel? What would you do? How would you feel? What would you think? What would you expect? And they were all filled. For the very first time, the church of Jesus Christ was born. God had moved out of the tabernacle and out of the temple, and now he moved into his prized possession, his own people. And then they began to do something that no one had ever heard of before. They began to worship the Lord in languages they didn't know. <laughs> and, it was a cl- and it was clamorous. It was a hallel moment. They hallel. They, they worshiped the Lord in glorious, joyful, clamorous adoration, so much so that even those who would be held them thought they'd been drinking. What if you were there? I implore you, go with me as best you're able. What if you were there? What, in hindsight, would you expect? Knowing, knowing what raw power and what real holiness came and filled that room. Raw power. Real holiness. Knowing what was released. And in hindsight, because we've seen the scriptures, many of you know it so well. Knowing what was released and what resulted, what would you expect? What would you expect? If you could imagine yourself in that room and knowing what you know now. Knowing now what happened, what exploded. What these people did. What if you could put yourself in that place? I'm really wanting to wrestle with you because you've got to. What if you were there? What if you experienced that same spirit? What would you expect? Can you now, knowing what you know about the significance and the power of that moment, can you imagine the potential it would have had in your life? How would being there, knowing that you were experiencing the gift of the Spirit, knowing that you were experiencing the Holy Spirit being poured out in burning holiness and living power, how would that affect what you would expect? What if we could experience that same spirit? What if we could experience that same spirit? What if we could experience that same spirit? Spirit. Not an echo, not a photograph, not a photocopy. It used to be that the, the analogy of a photocopy was, was more effective because how many remember how they used to do that? You used to slap some sort of weird ink on a thing, 
and then roll it through a thing like this, wonka, 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 and it worked real great until you got to, like, to the 37th copy. Right, Laura Lee? And then all of a sudden, the blue ink starts disappearing. Why? Because it was a copy of it. It, it just kept... When you, the, the copy of the thing just lost the effect. What if... What if in our... And I, I am speaking broadly, and perhaps with too much of a stereotype, but what if... In our thinking, whether we've intended or not, we've actually assumed that our experience is about the 42nd photocopy of this. I realize that on our doctrinal test, probably everybody in this room would say, well, I know which the... But if I say to you, what if you were there and your response is, oh, man, that would have been great. I mean, I'm with you. I hear anything, I'd have been great. Take me to Azusa, take me anywhere. Take me to Martin Luther, knocking on the door. I'd be there too. But I have, I have, it's wonderful to want to be there. But if you're saying, oh, man, if I, would have just, if I could just go there, then I could have what they have. If that's where our hearts have gone, it betrays something of a question that needs to be resolved in our minds. What if we could experience that same spirit? Let me ask it again. Let me press on this, friends. What if we could experience that same spirit? What if we, what if we had some way of being certain? What, what, what if we had some way of being certain? Aha. Same Holy Ghost. What, 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 if, what if God, in his wisdom, gave us a way that we might have confidence? Just confidence to know that we, we can experience the same spirit, and we can know that we can expect the same spirit, and that we can also expect the same results. We can experience the same spirit, and we can expect the same results. Can we say that together out loud tonight? We can experience the same spirit, and we can expect the same results. Now, that, there's still a little bit of, well, that sounds almost too good to be true, but it is, too, it, is, it is really good, and it is also true. Come with me. We've, we, have, we have wandered through and, and explored certain passages in detail, but... Let's come with me to Acts chapter 10 tonight. We're going to land uh, somewhere about verse 35, but let me, let me uh, give you uh, the background in case, in case, just for those that might not be entirely familiar. What is, there was, the story opens up with a Gentile named Cornelius, who is a Roman centurion, and he is somewhat of a, uh, uh, he's leaning toward Judaism. He is, he is a fan of uh, Judaism. He is practicing it in some ways. He is, he is, he is a man who has been, uh, who has offered prayers to God in a way that was prescribed by Judaism and was, was, was practicing charity as prescribed by Judaism. He was, the Bible calls it, he was a man of alms. He was, a, he was giving. But he wasn't, he was doing so not out of compulsion, but out of affection. These, these weren't things that earned, earned or deserved or merited heaven's attention, but these were things that evidenced his sincerity. You should don't read that like, oh, he earned something. If I no, he these were these were expressions that evidenced his sincerity, and his sincerity, faith without works is dead. His sincerity, his, the sincerity of his faith that was reaching toward God, got heaven's attention, and an angel showed up one day and said, hey, <laughs> frighten the tar out of him. And he said, hey, send for Peter. And so Cornelius sent for Peter, who was stay, staying at Simon the Tanner's house. About that time, uh, around that season, uh, Peter was staying at a buddy's house, and he was hungry. They was going to make himself something. To, they, made himself to, made, they made him something to eat, but while they were doing that, he went up on onto the rooftop to pray. Was, the rooftop is where 
Uh, a lot of people hung, uh, lived or hung out. It was very common in the Mediterranean area. So he goes up to the rooftop to pray, and there he, he falls into a trance. It's a, it, the word is actually an ecstasy. So it wasn't like he zoned out like a zombie. It was a pretty thrilling thing. It was a, it was a, a rapturous spiritual capturing. He, fall, he slips into an ecstatic state, and he has this vision, and this is the, the, of a significant vision that we don't need to teach on tonight, but in this vision is when that's when the, the, picnic, the picnic basket comes down uh, from heaven, and this is where in three times in a vision, the Lord says, arise, Peter, kill and eat, and, and all this. And in, in this vision, the Lord confirms, clarifies that he has made all foods clean. But now, and that's wonderful, we're thankful for that because of bacon, but, um, but the point wasn't the picnic basket. The point was people. Call not thou common what I have made uncommon. You know, call, do not call unholy or unworthy what I have, what I've said. So, and, and truthfully, that doesn't, that, they weren't overturning uh, the law of Moses' fall. It wasn't, that wasn't the case at all. The, they, they were always supposed to, uh, be a light unto the Gentiles, but they, they, they hadn't been. But now there's this clear vision from heaven that, to make sure. And so right about that time he, he slips out of that ecstatic vision, he hears that there are messengers, and then he hears the word of the Lord saying, you know, you need to go doubting nothing. Go with them. Just go. Now that was a big deal because he was about to go to a Gentile's home. And up until that time, uh, this was every, all of the rabbinical law said, no, 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 don't do that. Bad, bad, bad. Because you could, you could, if you, you could, you might catch a Gentile virus and become an idolater. Seriously, that was about the, the line of reasoning. If you go to their house, you're going to catch up, you're going to catch up a, a sin bug and uh, you'll probably end up an idolater. And uh, so, I mean, it was, it was a big deal. You see, remember now the, the, they had the Mosaic Law, which was not, which was not overly burdensome in itself, but then what they did was they, they made series, series of laws that in front of that in order to protect the law. So you, these were the things that, these were the traditions of the elders, the Midrash and all this that, that, that separated people. So, so in order to never break the Mosaic Law, they made a whole bunch of laws in front of it. But over time, those were equated. And so what Peter was violating was something more like the tradition of the elders. Hey, wait a minute. So, they, so anyway, he, 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 we'll get to that. So he goes, <clears throat> because he knows the Lord tells him to go, and he goes to Cornelius' home, and Cornelius welcomes him and explains, hey, I had this vision, etc., etc. And, and no doubt Peter's thinking to myself, himself, hey, you had a vision, I had a vision. This might be God. So then opening his mouth, Peter says in verse 34, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. Amen. You, and it's okay to say, because we love to pick on Peter, took you long enough, right? Because we love to pick on them so that we don't have to pick on ourselves, <laughs> right? Took him long enough. He doesn't know things. I know things. I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting in Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed. Verse 38, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit, and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. There is the succinct sentence summary of the life and ministry of Jesus. Amen. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is to us who ate and drank with him, and he arose after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. There's a lot of instruction in this apostolic message here about what our message actually is. 
It's not the point of this evening, but it would be, it's a, it's a great study. What is the Christian message? It always begins with the anointing, <laughs> the anointed one, and what he did. Whoo! That makes me happy. But, but it, doesn't, it never excludes that, that, uh, that he ordered us to preach this and to solemnly testify. Our job is to solemnly testify that Jesus is the one who has been appointed to judge the living and the dead. That is part of our message. It is a, yes, he came for abundant life, and, it's, and you're supposed to enjoy that, and then you get to stand before him and, and account for that life. Amen. I got to keep going. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, listen, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Everybody say forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness. Say it with a little bit of flair, will you? Now say boom after that. Say forgiveness of sins, boom. You, you did it all wrong. Let's try it again. We're going to say forgiveness of sins. Then we're going to say boom. Don't get it backwards. You'll miss it. Okay? Let's try it again. Ready? Try it again. That's what happened. They were listening and they heard. They heard the story. Jesus anointed men of works of power, defeat the devil, crucified, dead raised, appointed to judge, and here's the invitation. Everyone who believes receives forgiveness of sins. And Luke says, as soon as he had said those words, that's all that heaven needed. The hearts in the room had opened just enough. They had just enough revelation, just enough knowledge to have their lives open up. Some sort of salvific encounter. That's all that faith needed. That's all faith needed. They didn't, they, we believe in Christian education and all these things, but they didn't need a, a six-week seminar. They just needed one small glimpse of the hope of the gospel, and their faith came alive, and that was all heaven's been waiting for. Are you kidding me? Think about it. How long had heaven been waiting to reach out and touch a Gentile? God had been dealing with Jewish people for thousands of years, but the Gentiles are out there, and finally, there's Gentile people, and all he needed was a crack in their heart for the gospel to come in and in that moment boom and while peter was still speaking these words the holy spirit was done with him talking <laughs> well he's still teaching well peter well I let let that happen well, fine. I look. I look. I don't mind if I got seven pages of notes and the Holy Ghost comes on page three. Great. <laughs> While Peter was still still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. Come on, say fell, fell. on all. Someone say all. all who heard who or who were listening to the message. Verse 45, all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed. G-A-H, they said. Gah. Gah. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For... Verse 46, for, here the reason, how'd they know? For they, now this is, this is why one of the reasons he said, Dad, why do you like the New American Standard? Because they, they're working with, they're getting the verbs well. For they were hearing them. I'll, tell, I'll, call, I'll come back to that in a minute. They were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely, no one can refuse the, the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we. Would you all say just as we? Just as we. Just as we did. Same way we did. They received the same Spirit in the same way we did. Yeah. 
Let me read that again. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. All of the circumcised believers, all of those of the circumcision is actually the technical uh, believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the whole, the gift, everybody say the gift, the gift. Now you've got to catch the nuance. I think I'll, I'll get to it in a minute because I'll, I'll show that we want to emphasize all these really cool things about this passage. The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also, for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Now the emphasis of amazement was the gift of the Spirit. The emphasis of the amazement was the Holy Spirit. He is the emphasis. The sign, the sign of that gift was that they were speaking in tongues. It was the, that was the expression. That was the, the, oh, that was the aha. Everyone say aha. Point your finger happy and say aha. I say it again, aha. If you go to the southern region of the Philippines, you will find Bible school students going aha. Because I spent a lot of time teaching on this to them. Aha! Every time I walked by and they were praying in tongues, I'd say, aha! And they'd say it back, aha! No, what, what, what does aha mean? Same Holy Ghost! Say it with me, aha! Same Holy Ghost! Now, are, I got, I'm ahead of myself. Are tongues the Holy Ghost? No! They're, not, they're, they're an expression. They're a sign but that's a wonderful expression. It's a gift to us to signify the sign. <laughs> they're, to, they're to signify. The same experience. Did I even finish reading? Oh, good. Thank you, Leon. The same experience, the same expectation. The same spirit. The same experience, the same expectation. Lord, help us. The same spirit, the same experience, the same expectation. Now, so what we read is that the spirit fell upon all, someone say all, upon all who were listening, all who heard. This is reflected in Galatians chapter 3 when Paul writes to the Galatian church and he said, did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard or by hearing, he said. You received because you heard. So this is fantastic because and that's why we really camped on that. The, that's why I had you say boom, right? Forgiveness of sins, boom. What did those Gentiles have to do? How many hoops did they jump through before the Spirit fell on them? None. What merit did they bring with them to earn the gift of that Spirit? None. As soon as they heard that Forgiveness was possible. Boom. And he fell on them all. Some of them weren't even, hadn't taken a shower. You know, and I'm, I'm, I kind of mean that metaphorically. These were, I mean, they might have been ready. Hey, Peter's coming, but some of them probably just came from, I don't know. They were Romans. Whole nother, remember these, they didn't have, there was no Puritan ethic. They didn't know that, they didn't know nothing. They didn't know that you had to put a tie on or anything. In other words, friends, the fact that this happened in this way, the first thing this should do is significantly challenge the idea that there are some sort of prerequisites in terms of personal worth or paying a price, etc., for the gift of the Spirit. The idea that you would somehow, and the reason why I camp on this is because people stumble so much at just receiving the Spirit in all the way through expression. A lot of people experience the Spirit, but they stop short of expression, and it's not because God's holding anything back. Are you kidding me? He paid for this. He's not holding back, and He's not holding back from you, and you're not, you're not on the JV team, and He hasn't overlooked you, and you're not on the bench and all that. But most of that stuff happens in, in people's minds. 
They simply think it's not for me, except for that we, all we read is that it's for all. Well, it's not for everybody. It, that, did you read the book? I don't want to be sarcastic. But when we, people say, oh, it's not for everybody, I can say, you can't show me that. The only thing it ever says is all. All. Everybody say all. The only thing it ever says is all, is that this gift is for all. And that, and that in the scripture, everybody who experienced this gift also just leaned into and gave, and there was, there, there was expression of this gift in other, in other tongues. So this precludes, this, this eliminates the idea that, that, that anybody is excluded, and it eliminates the idea that there is somehow something you need to do to warm up or get used or, or, or be ready or be worthy or any of those things. Because we have, you gotta, you gotta get this, you gotta get this doctrinally, you gotta get this culturally, the historic culture thing going on here. Remember who was receiving? Gentiles, Romans. They, they hadn't memorized anything. They hadn't been reading the Psalms. They hadn't gone to Torah class. They hadn't been doing, they, who knows where they had been. But they heard forgiveness of sins. They heard Jesus anointed, crucified, raised, judged, forgiveness, boom. <laughs> I expect that to be on a meme soon, both in that order. Luke tells us what this falling looked like. Those of the circumcision, the Jewish believers who came with Peter, were amazed at what they saw because the gift of the Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. I want you to consider that Luke uses a consistent rhythm in terms of this falling upon being an observable event. Look at it again. Those of the circumcision were amazed because they observed, they saw that this falling had happened. This experience is an observable event. Go back to Acts chapter 8. You remember Simon the sorcerer. Luke tells us that Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands. And people always begs the question, people say, well, what did he see? Did he see them smile? Probably. Did they, did they, were they overcome in the presence of the Lord? Did they go out under the power? Was there, were they being slain in the spirit? Were they laughing? All, maybe. I don't know. But if we're going to let Luke have a pattern, then we're going to say, well, Luke, what did you say that happened the first time? That these, well, they all, they, the Holy Spirit fell, and they, all, they were all filled, and they all spoke with tongues. Oh, I see. That's what happened the first time. Then he says in Luke in, in chapter 8, the Samaritans, who were kind of in between Jews and Gentiles, right, in between, he says, and they, that, that there, there was something observable when the Spirit fell on them. But now we go to Acts chapter 10, full-on hardcore Gentile. You know, John Deere, redneck, whatever. Okay? And now he says again, they observed that the Spirit had fallen. What did they see? Luke tells us what they saw. For they, this is so good, i got to be careful, my own giddy, nerdy joy here. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Oh, just Pretend like you enjoy grammar and say it with me. They were hearing them speaking with tongues. <laughs> for, for is the, and that's actually gar in the scripture, by the way. It's kind of funny when you see for, gar, it's G-A-R in Greek, gar. For, for, because, for this reason, they were, this is what, they were hearing. Someone say they were hearing. Oh, we love the imperfect verb. They were Hearing, and that's an in, the imperfect means they, this was an ongoing activity. In other words, they, what you need to understand is that we that Luke has given us a a photo, snap, a Polaroid click, but in the Polaroid is the district as this. In other words, this was a longer church service than you think. 
they, you need to try to imagine that heaven's been waiting to get a hold of Gentiles for a long time. And these people were hungry. And so Peter says, anointed, ministered, crucified, buried, raised, judge, forgiveness, boom. And then everybody had to step back for a while. Because they were hearing them. They were hearing them. This was going on. It didn't, it didn't, they didn't just, it wasn't a sentence. You feel me? It wasn't a sentence. It wasn't, it wasn't three moments. It wasn't, God bless America, the microwave altar service. Well, I went up there for 30 seconds. I was, must be able to do it. You know what? God bless America. It's not even, it's it's Americanism, I think. But I, but I get real concerned because I've, I've, I've gone now to Accra, Nigeria, uh, Ghana, Nigeria, and um, the other place I was at, the Congo. The Congo was the best, the longest. But I'm noticing that this idea of the microwave altar is spreading. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-
and we'll, we'll heat up that water in that trough. Woo, get ready. Merry Christmas. All right. These should be baptized in water because, someone say because. Listen, because they have received the Holy Spirit. Here, This is, this is so fun. Listen to these small little words. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. That did is actually implied. It's just as we. <laughs> they received just as we. They received the same Spirit in the same way. So I say again to you, what if you could be there? You don't, in other words, you don't have to have been in the upper room because he's the same Spirit. And if these Gentiles, these Roman Gentiles, can experience the same Spirit in the same way, then everybody can. And we can. We can ongoingly do so. Just as we did. The Gentiles received the same Spirit and in the same way as those who in the, in the upper room had. This, and this, furthermore, this distinguishes the phenomena of wind and fire from glossolalia. In other words, you don't say, well, don't, don't fall for or don't deceive yourself or let someone talk you out of the same experience by saying, well, if you're going to have the same, it's got to come with wind and fire. No, it does not. That never happened again, but the Holy Ghost did happen again, and every time he happened again, there was tongues again. That's why in the Assemblies of God, we don't believe that the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is wind and fire. There, those are great. That'd be fun. But we do believe that... And the, and the reason why, you think, you think oh, you're trying to, you, you've made some religious nut thing out of it. You've made it a legalistic thing. No, 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 no. We are trying to fasten our confidence to something. It is not to say, and I'll get to this. Well, I, I'll get there. We're not, so we don't need wind. We don't need fire. But we do know that there is a way that God has provided for us to say, aha. Everybody say it again, aha. Say, aha, same Holy Ghost. Oh, say it again. Aha! Same Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is not the gift. Speaking in tongues is not the goal. But speaking in tongues is a sign of the Spirit. Some would debate whether the Spirit is present in power without this sign. I would say that anecdotal evidence suggests the affirmative. That it is that he certainly can show up and be present and touch people's lives and anoint them and use them apart from their expressing themselves or giving the expression in other tongues. I mean, it certainly seems I can't I cannot deny that that has happened. But what I would I would ask us is I would say that the that the biblical pattern prescribes and invites and urges us to embrace this consistent pattern. There's a good reason for this pattern. First of all, tongues is a great thing. You know, you, people say, well, can I be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? I think so. I mean, I mean uh, it, it appears that you can, you don't, because God doesn't make us do stuff. And yet I would say to you, why would you want to do that? Why? Maybe, but why? I don't want to, fi- I don't want to find out. There are things that might be possible that I don't want to find out. It's not the same question at all, but I, I won't even say it because I don't want to frighten people. But I would, you know, I'll say it since I said it. People say, well, can you lose your salvation? I don't want to find out. There are things that might be possible. Can I do that without it? Why would you even ask that? Don't, all that sounds like, I talked to one guy. Lori and I were in a room with a guy, and, and he said, I said, well, what if, boy, what if, what if the Lord just, you know, he said, my wife speaks in tongues, and it kinda, I don't even like it, but she does, and I get it, and I, but I love the Holy Spirit. I said, well, what if, what if suddenly one day you found yourself just this thing bubbling up inside of you? And he actually said, well, I'd just I'd jump over the deck. I'd just, I'd just leap over the thing, throw myself over the deck in the backyard. And I thought, well, that's too bad. That, that actually betrays something else going on. The pattern is that when the gift of the Spirit is poured out, regardless of the background of the person, regardless of their comprehension, regardless of their merit, this experience is accompanied by the same expression. It is this concept of the same, someone say the same, that resonates from this passage, and it's, it's, and it's also repeated. 
This isn't just a, a unique circumstance. Peter repeats this. We see it in verse 47. They say, hey, these have received the gift of the Spirit just as we. Right? Say it again, just as we. Fast forward to the next, the next chapter. Because Peter went to the Gentile's house and might have caught the Gentile virus, right? The Jerusalem leaders haul his button into, the, in, into Jerusalem. By the way, this helps us understand that apostle doesn't mean big shot. Because if he was big shot, nobody could have hauled him in. Hello? I don't know. I'm talking to the choir here. Just broadcast this onto my friends on Facebook, and they'll get really upset. Okay? Uh, Apostle doesn't mean big shot. It doesn't mean boss of anything. It means sent one. (laughs) Okay? There are terms for boss, but apostle is not one of them. So the elders actually said, hey, get in here. What did you do? We heard you went to a Gentile's house. <laughs> These were people that were full of the Holy Ghost and still had issues with people of different ethnicity. Silly people in the Bible. <laughs> you know what the solution, but Peter tells them, hey, the, he tells them the solution for your racial confusion is the gift of the Spirit. Because what this? Because remember, what remember? Benny was the only guy that really got it happy that God shows no partiality. The gift of the Spirit means God shows no partiality. You and you and I might, but you're a dingbat. God shows no partiality. The 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 gift of the Holy Spirit has made one new race, one new people. So you think, you think, oh, what is it? What solution does the church have for the world? Let it turn the church loose, turn the Holy Ghost loose. Watch what happened to racism. We need to get you a Hammond and just put you right there. Yeah. Or what? One, I don't care which one of you. <laughs> no. Verse 47, so they, they call him in, I'm sorry, they call him in, I get excited about the Bible, they call him in and they say, hey, what's going on, hey, and Peter answering these Jerusalem elders about his visit to the Gentile home, his defense is this, that he said, as I was speaking these words, quote, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did upon us at the beginning. They're at, they're at Cornelius' house and they say, look, just as, aha, just as. Peter goes to the elder, answers the elders in Jerusalem, and he says, just as. The same way, same spirit, same experience, just as. Same. And how they knew. Again, how they knew it was the same. It's because they heard them speaking in tongues. The same as the beginning. The same experience. Listen. The Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did upon us at the beginning. What was the beginning? That Acts chapter 2. Are you hearing this? Peter understood that what those Gentiles experienced at Cornelius' house was zero, no different than the upper room. Really? Thank you. Something. Do something. Why are you kidding me? Look, Peter said, same. Remember the, remember the upper room? Oh, yeah, that changed everything. Wes is like, oh, that'd be great. Let's go to the upper room. Peter said, same. Upper room in the temple, Solomon's colonnade. Now, Roman centurion, Gentile, pagan, same Holy Ghost. No different, just as us at the beginning. Wow. Same experience, same spirit. Therefore, they also should have the same expectation, the same expectation of raw power and real holiness coursing through their lives. That singular criterion that denoted that the experience was the same was tongues. Tongues was the aha. Aha. Again, is tongues the gift? No, it's the aha. The Holy Spirit. 
needs the gift. So, so important is this gift, God gives us an aha. I, I, I still hesitate to say, people say, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, people say, well, if I'm not speaking in tongues, I must not have the spirit. That, don't, rev, don't turn the argument upside down. Don't do that. The Bible never says that ever, 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 ever. All, what it, 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 it simply presents a positive. It doesn't represent it in a negative. The fact that people represent it in a negative really damages their faith. Well, if I don't do this, then I'm a, no, just expect. The only thing the Bible does is introduce us to hope. Just expect. Someone say, say, just expect. Just expect. Just be open. Just anticipate. Just, it's just yes. <laughs> Therefore, we can experience the same spirit and expect the same results. And our sign, our evidence is that, that we can, when we, when we hear and we ex- exercise this, this, this gift of praying in the spirit, that should give us confidence and expectation. But before I wrap this up, let everything be settled by two or three witnesses. In Acts chapter 10, aha. Acts chapter 11, Peter before the Jerusalem elders, he says, just as, aha. A few years later, I want to, I want to tell you how significant this criterion is. Again, a few years later, after the Judaizers had been sent out to follow up on Paul and Barney and make sure that all of their converts converted all the way to Mosesism, right? And then that caused problems. They said, oh, if you really want to be saved, you need to have these dealer-installed options and do all kinds of stuff, right? Right? Again, silly people in the Bible that did that stuff, right? Uh, so they, they have what's Acts 15 is called the Jerusalem Council. It, that really is. Not the Council of Nicaea. It wasn't the first council. Jerusalem, Acts 15, that's the first council. Church council. They settle matters of doctrine in councils. So they, they get together and they start fussing and talking about what the, what's the deal? What's the deal with the Gentiles? How saved are they? Peter, I'm going to imagine he's sitting in a chair. He stands up. And in verse 8 of 15, Peter reminds them again. He said, remember, God sent me to the Gentiles and that they receive the Spirit just as, he says it again, just as we did who were gathered in that room. Just as we did. So Peter remembered. How did he know? Think about it. How, in terms of settling even matters of church doctrine about what to do with the Gentiles, he knew one thing. He heard them Gentiles speaking in tongues. Now, it wasn't tongues wasn't the gift. Tongues wasn't the goal but it was the sign that the gift had come. And if the gift had come, then they could have, if it was the same experience, they could have the same expectations. Therefore, friends, we conclude, we return tonight to conclude that we can experience the same spirit. We don't have to get into a time machine and go back to the upper room. We live in the upper room. We, can ex- we experience the same spirit, we experience, and we can expect the same results, the same raw power, the same real living holiness, because we have the same sign. Aha. If we have the same spirit, then we must expect the same results. If we have the same spirit, we must expect the same results. Friends, let the expression in other tongues not be to us only prayer and praise and intercession and edification. They are. It is. Prayer in tongues is praise and intercession. It's edification. It's all those things. We've taught on that. We'll teach on it again. I'll teach on it regularly. All the benefits of, of, of praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. All of those things are important and powerful. But tonight, let us come back and say this. Let tongues be to us a certainty a confidence, a bold and radical confidence that if if the same sign is with us, then the same spirit is with us. We have the same spirit.
we can expect the same results. If we believe differently, then our expectations will atrophy. If we believe that our experience is somehow different, if it is less than, if, it is, if we believe our experience is other than, so will our confidence be less than on our expectation. I challenge us tonight not to approach. Some of you have prayed in the Spirit for more years than you can remember, and I want to just gently say, do not let that experience become unto itself a Nazareth that it has become so familiar to you that you no longer regard it as holy and powerful and and as a sign of the supernatural presence of God in your life. Oh, for the day that even hearing an expression in other tongues would cause the hair on the back of our neck to stand up and say, it's God, it's God. God. It's God. God is here. I remember as a kid, I'd hear that. Oh my, God is here. I want us to have this kind of confidence that if, and it's the kind of confidence that I, I really do try to carry when I travel and go places. That if I'm in the midst of chaos or it feels dark or I feel outnumbered or overwhelmed, I'll try, I try to tell myself this. If I can pray in tongues right here in this spot, then all of heaven is right here in this spot. There is nothing impossible right here. A couple years ago, my wife was lying on the couch in tremendous pain in her side. And I put my hand on her side, and I just said, look, I I don't know what else to pray. I prayed everything I can in English. I said, but here's what I know. Praying in tongues is a miracle. It's a miracle. Say, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. You understand that it is not not some sort of uh, generation of your reptilian brain manufacturing some sort of ancient language from, I mean, anthropologists have knocked themselves out, but they can't explain it. But you know what? Parenthetically, they have started hooking up people's brains to electrodes. And, and the brain actually improves while a person prays in tongues. I don't want to get into that right now because it's not the Bible, but it's kind of cool. But I put my hand on my wife's side and I said, look, it's a miracle. I'm going to pray in tongues because that's miraculous. And what we need is another miracle there. So I'm going to do one miracle anticipating another one. And I'm going to tell you, friends, and that, that's because it just, I'm not saying it's confidence. Someone say confidence. I, it, it gave me confidence that God was present. And that's why when we pray, when we say, we'll pause and every day, let's just worship the Lord in the Spirit. We're not just trying to, it's not an exercise in, in, in weirdness. And it, it may, it, and, and, and it made me give a go, what in the world? But that's okay. We try to explain it. It's not from this world, actually. It's a sign that this world is not all there is. It's a sign that there is another world. Thank you, Jesus. Let us believe as we should and as we ought and as we must and in agreement with the Scriptures that the same Holy Spirit has been poured out upon us just as, just as, just as He came upon those and was poured out in that upper room. Amen. 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 I want us tonight to stand together all across this place. And if you want to, you're, clo- you're relatively close to each other. But we're going to have these, these uh, our instruments just, pl- just uh, play. And I want you to begin to just lift your voice and just let the Spirit of God flow up out of you. Just let Him flow up out of you right now. Go ahead. Just do that. Just let the Holy Spirit flow up out of you. Aaron, play a little bit. Give them some volume so they don't begin to be nervous. But let there just be, come on, you bunch of Gentiles, let there be a worship service in the Spirit. Come on, there needs to be an aha in this room. An aha. Same Holy Ghost is here. Heaven is here. There's another world. There's another world. There's a supernatural world. There's a miraculous world. There's something real. There's something beyond religious tradition. There's something beyond stories. There's something real and tangible and experiential and observable. Come on, let that flow out of you. Let it flow out of you. Don't stop. 
Don't stop. Come on, don't be a microwave. Be a crock pot. Holy, 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 holy. 